Awesome. It's so good to be here this morning. And man, what a morning to preach. 15 years. Man, Pastor Darren should be preaching a Pastor Beck or something. Not me. What a pressure. What up? <laughs> oh, so good. Who's excited to be in the house? That's awesome. If you don't know me, my name is Pastor Earl Patterson, and along with my wife, Christina, we're the youth pastors here at C3 Victory, and, uh, and we love our job. Uh, we're excited, and we absolutely love our job. We've got some of our youth down here, second row. It's good. It's awesome. And, uh, and we're so pumped that we are the youth pastors of C3 Victory, and we get to hang out with, uh, you know, our youth every Friday night, Tuesday nights, we have Connect Group, and we absolutely love it. And uh, I, I love speaking. I love preaching. I believe that I was called to preach, and I get to preach a lot on a Friday night along with my wife and at camp and everything like that. But when I come and speak on a Sunday morning at Central or at, uh, here at Northwest, man, it is an incredible privilege. Uh, it is an honor. And, uh, and it is a big responsibility. And so whenever I get asked to, to speak here or at Central, uh, I know the honor and the, and the privilege to stand on this stage. And, uh, you know, the pastor, uh, pastor Keith and Janet, uh, who are away, uh, but, you know, they've given me the responsibility. And, uh, and I thank them. And I thank Pastor Darren and Beck for letting me stand here and, and preach and, and, send, and you know, speak this message that I've hopefully got from Jesus. So, <laughs> so let's pray that, uh, that it is from Jesus. So let's just pray right now. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. That's right. Come on, God, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. God, we thank you for the last 15 years, Lord Father. And God, we thank you for the next 100, Lord Father. God, we pray, Lord Father, that this morning, that this word, Lord Father, God, it will be your word. God, that if any of my words, Lord Father, come out, Lord Father, let them drop to the ground, Lord Father. And God, I just pray that these words today, God, that they would that your words would, would pass hearts, Lord Father, that change lives, Lord Father, that it would change generations, Lord. And we thank you for that in your mighty name. Amen. Come on. I'm excited. A little bit nervous, but I'm excited. I always get nervous when I preach, so that's a good thing. <laughs> so, um, man, it's, it's awesome, man, to be wrapping up uh, this series of A New Commandment uh, what a privilege, uh, and I've, I've absolutely loved it, and you know, we've had incredible speakers, uh, we had Jamie Fay in Central for the first week, and Pastor Jez last week, and you guys have had Pastor Jez and Pastor Darren the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's been absolutely awesome, and, and I listened to Pastor Darren's message last week, and uh, it was awesome, and the, 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 the tru- truth of what Pastor Darren always brings is awesome, and uh, and I love that. So I was really, really moved by that message last week because I need to love people too. So, but it's good. Jesus was working in me, and hopefully working in you as well. And this whole new series, it's 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 awesome to to help us learn how to love like Jesus. 
And uh, and it's a it's a big statement. That's a bold statement to to learn how to love like Jesus. Um, but you know, I I believe that uh, even though it may look like an unattainable thing, Jesus never made things unattainable for us. Uh, and and I believe that if if you know someone like me can love someone, you know, then then you can love someone too. So, and if you knew me, you know why. Um, but have you got your Bibles? Or else it will be on the screen. If you don't have your Bibles, turn to a Christian or come hang out with Pastor Darren down here. Uh, or if you've got an analog Bible, I don't have that today. I've got my digital Bible uh, in front of me. I love my iPad. But we're going to turn to our scripture that we've been looking at the last couple of weeks. It's John 13, starting from verse 33. And it says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You'll look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I'll tell you. Where I'm going, you, not, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone not, will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Yeah. An incredible scripture. And uh, if you're like me, this year I've been saved coming up 12 years, and I got saved when I was a punk teenager coming into my 20s, and, uh, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, and if you're like me and your journey of, you know, your journey of being a Christian and, and walking with Jesus, uh, you know, reading the Bible is you know, what we do. And, but sometimes we read the Bible and we kind of just like read over these incredible, profound statements that Jesus makes. And, you know, sometimes if you're like me and you kind of read over it multiple times, you kind of go, oh, that's a, that's a nice, awesome statement, Jesus. Love someone like uh, that, like you have loved me. Like, that's, that's cool. Like, that's, that's awesome. In the last couple of weeks, hearing this over and over again and, and kind of going into it deeper myself, I'm like, this is not just a cool statement that Jesus made to 12 punk disciples. This is a, a, a life lesson. This is a, a life-changing, world-changing thing. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus told these 12 guys that you got to love like I have loved you. And at that time, like, they didn't even understand the bigness of that. They hadn't yet witnessed that Jesus was going to give himself up for them. And now that we can see 2,000 years ago that Jesus died on the cross for us because he loved us, we got this picture of, well, we're going to love like Jesus did. And how does that, how does, what, what does that look like? And so let's break it down. Because I like to break things down. So the Old Testament, Pastor Darren talked about this last week, and it was good. The Old Testament good, was good. We needed the Old Testament. It was love your neighbor. But Jesus, as Jesus always did, took things to a whole new level. He always took things to a whole new level. If someone said something, Jesus would say something and take it to a whole new level. He goes, don't just love your neighbor. 
You don't love your neighbors. I have loved you. Like, I'm washing your feet. Love them like I'm loving you right now. Like, he takes it to a whole new level. And if you didn't hear Pastor Darren's message last week, jump on our, our website or, or iTunes and get the podcast because he really breaks it down on how that looks and how our neighbor can sometimes be annoying, but we still got to love them. <laughs> it's a good message. I really liked it. But my first focus point this morning is love. It's a sacrifice. And if we look at this actual meaning in the Greek, this, this word love, what it actually meant, it, it means it, it will blow you away. It's agape. That's the type of love it is. And in the Greek, it's, in its basic sense, the Greek word designates the divine selfless love, which will go to any length to attain the well-being of its objects. To go to any length. Jesus went to the, the most length and died on the cross for our sins so that we could be with Him. See, this agape love, it's a self-sacrificing, selfless love. We've seen it in the Scripture, 1 Corinthians 13, the wedding Scripture. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. My wife keeps telling me that. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This self-sacrificing, selfless love. Pastor Darren talked about the Good Samaritan last week. And if we, if we look at that scripture and we go, well, what, what, if, what if the Good Samaritan... I always think about the, the roads. I'm like, they must have been big roads. But if you look at like the content, they're small roads. Like they were like not just like crossing from here to there. They're like crossing from here to there. Like they were making a bit of a, bit of a show of it, like walking a, around this dude. But what if the Good Samaritan, the Good Samaritan uh, was like, yo, if I help you, if I look after you, if I, if I clean you up, if I take you to the hospital, you owe me. You got it? You owe me. This is going to cost me a lot of money. This is going to cost me time. I'm gonna, I need to take time out of my day. You owe me. You owe me dinner, y'all. Like, I'm hungry. It wasn't, it wasn't it. The, the, the Samaritan portrayed a sacrificing love to this Jew. This selfless love. He took time out of his day to take him to an inn. He, took, he, he sacrificed his own money so that they could look after him. And he didn't expect anything back. He didn't expect the Jew to pay him back. He didn't put interest on it. He wasn't a bank. 
he didn't expect anything in return. And this is what Jesus is telling us. It's not just love your neighbor anymore, but it's love your neighbor as I have loved you. When I died on the cross, I didn't expect anything back. I just want you to love. So this love, it's a self-sacrificing. And in our day and age, that's huge because we don't have enough time as it is. We're just trying to make more time out of nothing. But it's like mom was saying, what can you do financially to, to maybe be generous to someone? Maybe not buy that tub of ice cream that I so love. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> we love ice cream so much. Amen. My second focus point this morning is my disciples. How are we portraying God's love to the world? Verse 35, it says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. God is putting himself on the line. He's trusting that we're going to get this profound new commandment, take it on board, and love people, and trust that whoever sees us is going to know that we're his disciples, is going to know that we're his children. I'm not a parent, uh, so I can't really make too much of a comment about this, but I hope that when I do have kids, uh, I'm going to be proud of my kids no matter what, but when I take them out, I'm going to hope to know that when someone sees my kids, they're going to be like, man, they're good kids. They must be Earl's kids. You know, and I'm going to be like, they are my kids. And I make sure that every week I say something about babies because it's hashtag 2017 year of the baby. Come on. I'm praying and practicing. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to come back. Uh, <laughs> By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's huge. You know, in a world of social media platforms, so many social media platforms, we have this, we have this thing that I've kind of noticed, and I've jumped on the bandwagon. If you usually find a wagon, I, you can probably spot me on it. And fashion, social media, whatever, I'll be on the wagon or trying to run to catch it. And, <laughs> and in this, this world that we live in now where social media is so uh, the, the one thing, like, every, like social media has taken over everything, that when we see something bad happen on the media, we turn to uh, social media and go make an image or Pinterest image, praying for post. Or sending love vibes, 
post just so that all of our non-Christian friends will be like, you're a Christian. Like, don't pray. Like, just send love vibes. <laughs> like the ice bucket challenge. Like, how, like, I don't, I don't know the stats. I don't know how much money they made. But how much, like, how much do we know that they made? Have they cured the disease? Because everyone tipped a bucket of ice on their head and put it on social media. It's awesome that we need to find like, a cure or we need to pray. But sometimes it's more than that. It's this self-sacrificing love. Putting something on Instagram for me isn't sacrificing. Like, I'm usually on there 90% of my day if I'm not pushing a lawnmower. I'm on there a lot. I love it. I've always loved it as soon as it came out. So putting something on social media, it's not, it's not a sacrifice to me. It's not taking my time. Well, it is a little bit, but I'm already sitting down on a recliner doing nothing, watching TV, playing Xbox. It's not sacrificing money. And this is just me. I'm not preaching to myself. But this is why I love our new initiative. This is why I love the book that we've released as a church. This is huge. We released the book. It's awesome. Because not only is it an awesome book that we can read, but it's an activational journal. It's helping us discover God's love, but also helping us to discover how to love like Jesus loves. And like Pastor Darren was praying before, that throughout this 26-week journey, which is going to fly, fly by, encourage us to find one person within the church and one person outside the church so we can love. tell you a story. My barber, even talk, I talk about my barber a lot. He's a funny guy. But my barber, it, I wouldn't say he doesn't know Jesus. He knows of Jesus. But he probably shows a lot more love to strangers than I probably have. As a time that I've known him. And one, this is pretty cool, but also kind of annoying. On Christmas Day, my barber's telling me that he took time on Christmas Day to go down to the foreshore and feed the homeless. I think it's the, the Good Samaritan breakfast or something like that. I'm not too sure what it's called, but he, he took his he took his own time. Uh, for a couple of hours to to give breakfast and lunch to the homeless, to the people who couldn't afford a Christmas, uh, you know, uh, meal, and just did it, just because he wanted to. A couple of weeks ago, he was telling me uh, about this 
idea that he had that uh, he wants to he wants to kind of start this thing where he wants to get uh, young men, uh, young adult men who who don't groom themselves so well, but who need a job, and so helping them uh, by grooming them, giving them free haircuts, free beard trimmings, whatever, so that they could walk into a interview looking like a gentleman. And he wanted to do this for free. Just because he knows. He, he knows that there's a need. He knows that there's, there's something that needs to happen with these young people. And I'm like, how do you already know about agape love? How do you already know about it? I only just learned about it. It's not fair, bro. See, my agenda before probably about 2013, my agenda was to preach and get famous. Oh. Preach and get well known. I wanted to be a Carl Lentz. I wanted to be a Chris Durso. If you don't know them, that is incredible young adult pastors doing great things in America. America. And, uh, Sorry. <laughs> and um, I wanted to, like, I, 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 I was so fully, that was my path. I wanted to preach and get famous until I read a book. And it was a book from Judah Smith, and uh, it was called Jesus Is. If you haven't read that book, it's an awesome book. And it literally changed my world because I just, I was like, my calling isn't to, to become famous. My calling isn't to, uh, to preach to, what is, I believe it's to preach to thousands, but not for the agenda of getting well known and, and you know, getting famous and everything like that. My, my first calling is to love others. And to make disciples. And that's what I got out of this book. That and, and my life has just changed since then. That I don't I don't I no longer chase that that agenda. That it'll be awesome, but it's no longer my I'm I'm pumped with, with hanging out with thirty incredible youth on a Friday night, spending time with them and preaching Jesus to them. Because at the moment they're the ones who need it. So I love this story in, uh, in Luke uh, 19, verse 1 to 10. I don't have it. I'm just going to kind of talk about it. But it's where Jesus hands out with Zacchaeus, the tax collector. See, everyone in this town disliked Zacchaeus. It was short, egotistical, money-hungry, self-loving. But when Jesus came to town, Jesus wanted to have lunch with Zacchaeus, the most disliked person in town. And because of this agape love that Jesus showed to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus's whole household, Zacchaeus followed Jesus, made a decision for Jesus and his whole household, and then paid back everyone that he had ripped off. Because Jesus had shown this agape love of sacrificing his time, of spending 
time with, with the person that most people disliked. Jesus showed this love. So how do we practically love someone? As I kind of finish. You know, we talk about sacrificing love and uh, selfless love. And so we need to do something practically. You know, we can't just sit on social media or Facebook going, oh, I'm, I'm praying for you. And I love, I love pray. I love to pray and I think it's a very, very, very good thing. Practically, as Mon said before, finances. Finances is a great way to, to show someone love. And it doesn't have to be like giving someone money or anything like that. Like, there are other ways that you can financially give to someone without cold, hard cash. Christina and I experience... Uh, you know, God's love by someone in the church giving up finances and helping us get a house to rent, not buy, but to rent, like to be able to give us an incredible house that we could live in because they owned it. Time, practically giving time. I love that as a church that we sacrifice our time to serve our city and city serve. We're showing our city agape love. We're sacrificing our time. And I really believe that as a church, as we kind of think about this love, we need to pray to God, pray and just ask God, what are some strategic ideas? that we could practically practically do. Because we kind of just go, oh, finances or time. But I really believe as we kind of look into this a bit more that God's going to give us strategic ideas on how to love on people. How to love, you know, with our time or our finances or, or whatever. You know, sometimes you don't need to on a practical note, look for someone who needs it. You know, we all need it. You know, if someone was to look at Christina and I, and I use us because we've experienced God's love through people, hopefully on the outside we look like we've got it together. Hopefully. And once you get to know me, I might tell you that we don't. But people have shown us love by like our, our dining room and, and lounge are like fill, filled of people's love for us. We don't have new furniture. We've got secondhand furniture and we don't okay, care, we love it. But that's helped us. That's, that's helped us financially by people just going, you can have this. You can have this. You can, you can have this for free. We don't need it. That's helped us. We've, we've experienced God's love that way. And I think the biggest thing for me is that this whole love, sacrificing love, selfless love, it's not, it's not a tick in the box kind of thing. 
It's got to become the way that we live. Now, I know that over the next 26 weeks that Jesus is going to do an incredible renewing in me. I know it. This whole year, I know it. It's not just going to be 26 weeks. I just know that God's going to do a renewing in me. And, uh, and, and I know that I've got to be open to that. like Pastor Darren said last week, this is not a condemnation thing at all. This is not a, if you don't love right, then you're not doing it right. This is helping us all to love better, to just understand how to love like Jesus. So I just, over the next 26 weeks, well, the next couple of days, so you can go into the next 26 weeks, pray to Jesus, just go, who can I love? It's just, it's just one person in the church, one person outside the church. It's not 10 people. It's not your whole neighborhood. It's just one person. Pray that he puts someone in your heart. But tonight, today, this morning, as we finish, I just want to give an opportunity. I want to give an opportunity that, you know, some, you know we can't love if we haven't experienced love ourselves. So I was going to ask you to just close your eyes and I'm going to give an opportunity that to experience God's love, to come into a relationship with Jesus. In 1 John 4, 19, it says, We love because He first loved us. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. This could be your first time here this morning at Northwest. It could be your multiple time here but this morning I want to give an opportunity if you don't know Jesus if you have never met Jesus or if you just kind of feel like that you've walked away that you've kind of stepped outside of his love I want to give you an opportunity to come back and have a relationship with him because his love is never ending There's every single eye closed here this morning. And if you feel that's you, if you feel that's you, if you don't know Jesus, or if you've stepped outside of His love, and you kind of feel like you're doing your own thing, I just want to give you this opportunity this morning to, to lift your hand and to accept Jesus in your life like Zacchaeus did, to accept Him into your world to this morning if that is you I just want you to lift your hand right now so I can see it that's awesome come on thank you Jesus if you don't know him you can lift your hand if you wanted to if you want to know him he's got a plan and purpose for you 
You can lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you, God. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for everything that you're continually teaching us, Jesus. And that you'll continue to teach us, God. Thank you, Lord.